and we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect, because what the hell else are you going to do on a sunny, well, it's not sunny now, a Sunday morning? It's, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, whatever the hell, it doesn't really matter. You know what, I'm going to drink something that's going to look like it's alcoholic, but it absolutely is not, because, I mean, why the hell not, considering the story for tonight, I might as well celebrate just a little bit. Celebrate, celebrate, whatever, I'll figure it out later. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'll drink this in a minute. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name. That's S-H-U-J-I-N. Good to be back with you. Ah, uh, oh God, it's 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 been a really, really couple weird weeks. So uh yeah, if I'm a little off, um there's reasons. Joining from the Midwest of the US, Bridget Fitch, again, full name again. I did <laughs> drum it up last week or the week before that, so you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the win where I can. Hi, hun. Uh, hi. And from I'm the- sneezy. <laughs> okay. Uh, in that case, uh, from the right hand coast, Dopey, Unrenowned Tech. How the hell are you this morning? You do know that there's okay. a switch there somewhere, right? Good Christ. He said he was just going to be closing his door. Something tells me his cat got at him. Or Uh maybe he just completely disconnected. Uh Uh-oh. Which is actually funny because we were talking before the the show started about um, his plans. If, you know, technology kind of goes tits up. I guess that must have happened pretty quickly and suddenly. Yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see what happens. We'll we'll have him back momentarily. I'm I'm sure. Uh, meantime, hi everybody. It's good to be back with you. And of course, we're sincerely hoping that you're all you know staying safe, staying warm, staying dry. You know all all that happy stuff. But if you've got nothing better to do and you decide that you want to join us while we're recording, excuse me. Terrible to me. Sorry. You could join us over on YouTube because that's where we are. And you join these nice old people over here, which would be all of one person right now. Stephanie, hi. Good morning. 505. We actually experienced a cooler day, but actually dipped below freezing overnight for about two nights. Considering it's the middle of January, uh, yeah, one would expect there to be frigid temperatures. I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, Europe has been abnormally warm. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, we were abnormally cold. So, yeah. Yeah. That that happens like that. And uh, speak speak of the dopey and uppy pops, you'll be able to listen to the beginning of the show to get that joke. Unrenowned tech. Hi. You made it back. What happened? Did, did Did you kick something? Are you even there? He's not back. Do, do you do you not have a? Are you there? You know, I'd otherwise call him on his phone, except that you know, in the middle of a show, that's really not a good idea. You know what? There's a good possibility. It's just a, a I hate to say this, a technical issue. 
I mean, when the hell have we ever had technical issues on this show before? Oh, never. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with that. That's sure. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. He'll show up eventually. So we'll uh, see how this plays out. So let me let me get things started because we don't we don't. Um, yeah, there's stuff. There's stuff, and Lord knows. Uh, I'm I'm going to be trying very hard not to be yelly and screamy. Once we get into the meat and potatoes of it, I'll, I'll explain. So, with five minutes on the clock, your freestyle starts now. Promises. This is actually going to lead into the horrible scopes eventually. So, let me uh, let me just give you that. Promises are well, they don't mean anything. They don't. They're they're words. They're they're a means to an end. So long as at least one person doesn't find it worthwhile to keep it. Yes, I've been on the receiving end of that in many situations. I mean, we we all have. Sooner or later, a promise gets broken. It just is the it's an inevitability. Usually, if we're lucky. Usually, it's because something happened unexpectedly, and a promise was broken, not because of malice, but just because, I mean, just stuff happens. It sucks, but sometimes that's the case. The one in particular that always comes up to my mind is a job that I had 20 years ago, give or take. A little bit more now. But I had a situation where I had a floor supervisor that needed to help me to get, uh, I'm not going to go into the specifics, but I was in a call center and the numbers that I had to hit, uh, I wasn't really hitting. And according to the way that stuff is supposed to work, there are certain things that supervisors, floor supervisors are supposed to manage to, you know, get me up to where they want me to be and then okay you know you're you're either back up to speed or uh, maybe you don't belong in that group well the long and short of it was my direct supervisor didn't do the piece that he was supposed to do not on all the days and well they brought me in and said well look you got to do. You got to hit the numbers. And if you don't hit the numbers, well, um. So the floor manager, who used to be my supervisor at one time, is the one that told me about this. And it's just like, you know, it's what we got to do. And, you know, this is a business. I understand that. He went ahead and, you know, set me out on this. And I had to tell him, look, the guy that's being my supervisor now. He's not following through with what he's supposed to be doing. And if he's not following through with what he's supposed to be doing to get me up to speed and I don't get up to speed, whose fault is that? So he goes, he's just like, look, if, if they don't follow through correctly, then you know what? We'll just, we'll just call the whole thing a wash. All right. We'll just, we'll just retool everything and, and just get you get your men toward the way it's supposed to be. Okay, that's good. Fine, that's good. We shook hands. 
to me, a gentleman's agreement means a lot. Because if you can't just say, I intend to do this, you intend to do this, we agree on what's supposed to happen with the outcome of this, good. A handshake, once upon a time, was as good as gold. I will go ahead and I will use my F-bomb right now coming up. He fucked me over. The supervisor didn't do what he was supposed to do. My numbers didn't get up to where the floor manager's supervisor wanted them to go. I got fired. Yes, it's been 20 years. Yes, I still think about that every once in a while when I think of who screwed me over, who broke their promise. You don't do that. Because once you have, you've lost your credibility and trust with others around you. So if there is an agreement out there in the void somewhere, especially with a whole bunch of people, and the agreement is you're allowed to do such as a so-and-so, and it's perfectly reasonable, and there's no reason to have to worry about any kind of being sued because of copyright or, or trademarks or whatever, stuff like that, and you go back on that deal, when the everybody loses their crap about it and comes down hard on you financially, you have no one to blame but yourself. You break your promise, you reap the reward. And that's the way that's going to play out. You will see how this plays out. Um, Felis, hi, good evening, good to have you. And uh, Stephanie is pointing out, uh, at work, <laughs> get it in writing. I know that now. 20, whatever, however many years ago it was, you know, at this point, you know, 20 years ago at this point. I trusted him. I didn't have any reason not to. I believe the expression is, uh, you live, you learn. And what I learned is that I will never trust that son of a bitch again. Never. Fortunately, in the 20 years, I've never had to interact with him. So, don't know exactly who it was. Yes. But um, I will not go out of my way to uh, piss on him if he's on fire. We'll go with that. Am I a little vindictive sometimes? Just, but we've all known people like that who richly deserve it, but I digress. Tech, are you back? Yes. Now you are. Hi. Sorry, we had a minor power thing that... You know... We, we <laughs> My were... system was fine, but it knocked out several bulbs in the house in high traffic areas, and considering the setup in the home... Uh, it was more important to replace those bulbs post haste than be on the show for the opening. Okay, okay, that's that's actually really funny because uh, when when your uh, when your account just dropped out, we were both laughing because it's like, well, didn't he talk about just uh, just a little bit before the show about you know what happens if power goes out and everything's just offline and. <laughs> 
Yeah. So my computer was fine, but my I forgot to uh, – of all the silly things, uh, when I redid all my wiring and everything else, I forgot to plug the um, – the uh, cable box into the battery backup. The home Wi-Fi stuff, all the network stuff, that's all battery backup. But the cable box, I forgot to plug in. Gotcha. Yeah. Over here in the office, I've got a big-ass power supply. My big-ass inefficient computer is plugged into it. My uh, my cable modem is plugged into it. I need to well, get I- one for my home server and the router. Uh, not the router the switch downstairs because I have that on a I used to have a small trip light just for the uh, just for the cable modem right because <laughs> the home phone relies on it and things like that and That's um, but the uh, it, it's been so uh, too long and the battery's shot I gotta go through the battery recycling program and get a new one and all that for it just get yourself a deep cycle battery and uh, a, cu- a couple of drill bits and just hook it up. I mean, how hard could it be? Yeah, sure. I'll go with that. I got nothing to lose. You got eyebrows. They may or may not be real. That's fair. I'm just That's saying, to anybody who's watched Footy Cody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Fair enough. So, now that we've gotten that entertaining part out of the equation, how about we go ahead and take care of the horrible scopes? Sounds like a plan? Sure. I'll take that as a plan. So, it is time for the horrible scopes. Those of you that know what your astrological sign is, cool. Those of you that don't, don't care. Roll a d12, because that's about all a d12 is good for, usually. We you doing the D&D one? That's what's going on. Yes. So okay, I just want to make sure I had the right one open. Uh, don't worry. I keep uh, I keep updating the same document, so <laughs> you never have to worry about it. Yeah, you think I would freaking bookmark it then, right? Well, that's that's why I keep putting it in in, in our chat so you can get to it. So okay, I have bo- officially bookmarked it now. <laughs> good man. So since D and D is in the news. Let's get your dice together and dive right in, shall we? Aries, stop being a pain in the rules. The plural of die is dice. Even if you have only one type of die, it's not dies. It's never been dies. Keep this up and your character sheet will go through a cross-cut shredder this week. Stop being, you know... You. Horus. <laughs> they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And depending on what edition of game you're using, it might be five eyes or maybe eleven. Regardless, it doesn't find you attractive in any romantic way, only a dietary one. This week, watch what you're eating. By the way, I pre-read Gemini, and I was actually thinking the wrong game, and it was neither one of the two that you... Oh, he's going to have to tell me when you, when you finish. Yep. Gemini, there are certain tabletop games that literally do not need to exist. The fact that they do, and have been sold for decades, says something about us collectively. 
try to imagine someone in the 1970s pitching the idea to Milton Bradley for a two-person game requiring spelling proficiency and dozens of playing pieces. If you were thinking Scrabble, you're wrong. Hangman. This week, make something useless. And what I was thinking of was actually perfection. Uh, that doesn't involve spelling. No, but it does involve uh, eye-hand coordination proficiency, dozens of pieces, and everything else. And yeah, I, I still, it, I still, was, I still have childhood trauma from that one. Because I think perfection does not need to exist. So that was like one of the first games I thought of, and it just stuck. That's fair. So even though it doesn't have um, letters, it does have unique pieces like an X and so on that have to go into their specific spots. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass that game. Then we're not. And yeah, get into, I know that's Hasbro. But. Let's let's not get into superfection then. No, no, please. I'd, I'd like my eyes to not bleed. Good choice. Cancer Moonchild got good news, and it got bad news for you. The good news is that there is an alternative to the Dungeons and Dragons brand adventuring game system. It's called Pathfinder. The bad news is there is an offshoot version called Ponyfinder that reskins all the characters and creatures in a thinly veiled My Little Pony theme. You thought game nights were bad before. I want to see somebody take uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, DCC, R- uh, DCC RPG, and ponyfy that. I would play. I would judge that game so hard. That would be so much fun. Keep that in mind. Leo, I'm going to start a new campaign this week with an experienced DM. Get together with your play group and agree on a specific class. Centaur Warlocks. The DM might not like it, but hey, you're all from the same town, so it works, right? And you all have your pack marks on your flanks. As soon as the DM's eyes widen, you all sing out, My Little Centaur, My Little Centaur. This week, keep psychiatric services on emergency speed dial. (laughs) You, You got... You know what? I would love to see somebody like attend uh, uh, one of the fur cons where they've dressed up like little centaurs and they st- <laughs> and they do that and they just prance through like the main area singing "My Little Centaur, My Little Centaur." Oh, I got bad news for you, then, man. <laughs> Did they keep- do that already? No. Keep reading, Virgo. You can get on this one too. According to the rules, centaurs can mount other centaurs. Meaning, your five centaur magic party can mount up and form medieval Voltron. This week, keep these plans to yourself. Yeah, I did homework. Libra. <laughs> Libra. Hey, and, and, and Scorpio, heads up. We got a request to... I quote you, tear into Libra and Scorpio this week. So here you go. 
Libra. May all your saving throws be natural ones, and all attack rolls on you natural twenties. It gets better. TPK. Scorpio, just so we don't have to leave you with nothing, may all your familiars be baby mind flayers who get taken away from you by infant protection because you can't feed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, they got what they paid for, man. They didn't pay for it, but they asked, so. That's very satisfying. That's a good one right there, right? Mine, baby, infant protection in D&D. Oh, man. They would be, people would quit that job in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just think of that. The the poor baby mind flare, just, just you know, sucking away and just starving to death. Yes. Sagittarius. Okay. One more centaur item because you actually fit the bill. Centaurs average about six feet, so a little short of two meters tall. Humans average about the same, maybe a little shorter. So, either the horse bodies are like tiny ponies, or the human torso is freakishly short. Either way, have fun getting that image out of your head this week. Yeah. Asshole. Asshole. They got one of those, too. Capricorn. Playing adventuring games can be a philosophical tour de force for people. For instance, you might get answers to questions you never considered before. For instance, if you tell the DM you want to search the chest for contents and they say, okay, roll d20 for me. And since this is a surprise condition, you get no modifiers on initiative. You never thought to ask how to identify a mimic, did you? If you survive this, plan on asking. And hopefully you remember to pack your ten-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Aquarius, be glad the magic missile spell doesn't require any material components to cast. A little waggle of the fingers and a spoken word and boom! Bunch of little darts fly into enemies. But imagine a house rule that says you still have to roll a d20 attack, and on a natural one, the material component is your own fingernails forming a missile. This week, get your nails done professionally. Yeah, that's pretty much the reaction I got when I when this debuted last night. Now, on the positive, there are some women out there that, if that were possible, I would be very afraid of. Yeah. Pisces. Magic users get picked on a lot. Here's how you can play even the playing field. Stop referring to it as your wander staff. Call it a tree bone. Not only are you suddenly badass, but even a low intelligence barbarian will respect you. This week, play up your achievements. They need them. <laughs> tree bone, really? Somebody had suggested uh, specifically making it a, a treant tree bone. Ooh. I hadn't really considered that, but that makes a lot more sense. Yo, dog, we heard you like trees and bones, so we put a bone in your tree and a tree in your bone. And Now it's starting to sound like a whale. 
there's some people who are into biology who know exactly where I'm going on that one, and that's as far as it goes. Those are your horrible scopes for this week. Remember, if you like what you got, freak, okay. But if you would like to bribe me, all you need to do is ask for a nicer or a naughtier one for next week. I work very cheap that way. And just a quick public service announcement, mm-hmm. D&D related, of course. To those out there who, like me, grew up playing D&D as well as other things and really don't want Hasbro fooling around with the OGL, uh, hit them where it hurts. Stop buying stuff from Hasbro. Okay? They bought out the stuff. They're in charge. Don't buy Magic Gathering. Don't buy anything D&D. Do your own homebrew stuff. Number one, you'll have more fun. I guarantee it. Two, you get to be creative. Just imagine, you have that one nerd in the group who actually read Dante's Inferno being the dungeon master of a homebrew game. You're in for a world of hurt. Yeah, and uh, I'm just reminding myself that uh, I'm going to put a link for everybody later to uh, a YouTube series called Dimension 20. You want to see some folks having some really good time with adventure gaming? Oh yeah, that's going to be worth it. It's a, it's a long watch. Different. It's a long watch for even just the first uh, the first series, but um, it's worth it. And I know I mentioned DCC RPG in, in passing before. Um, we've got the link in the chat. We can always add that to it there too. Um, they have both a uh, the DCC. Uh, RPG is the uh, stuff that you'd be familiar with if you play Dungeons and Dragons, but they have a uh, variation called Mutant Crawl Classics. That one's so far in the future that humans are absurd rarity on the Earth. There are artificial intelligences that are akin to gods. Um, that yeah, uh, there, there's all sorts of like there's uh, radiation sands and worms uh, made out of silicon. Uh, because the mutations and everything are just so far off. And yeah, roll and see if you pass that check to see whether or not you accidentally activate that maser pistol and fry your left hand off. Because, you know, it's a significantly advanced technology and you're using a glass tooth from a worm as a weapon. <laughs> you know, Magic. Whatever works. Oh, they did a really good job souping it up. I've done DCC and uh, MCC uh, judging tournaments. Uh, well, zero level stuff, I should say. Fair enough. Episode 436 on the docket, Your Honor. Two weeks in, two terrible people down. God, you know, th- there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of, of stuff that we can say is bad about the year, but, um, you know, two weeks in. Uh, we've got uh, we've got two very terrible religious people um, into the ground. So um, let's just let uh, old age continue to do what it's supposed to do because you know that's Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> so last week it was. Um, I'm sorry, Bridget. Uh, help me out here. Uh, what did you say his name was again? Hey, George Carlos. Uh, what? The the ex pope that had to be hammered on the head. Oh, oh, 
just a rat bastard. Yeah, it's rat it's, singer. Uh, Sidious, Pope Sidious. Uh, this week we found out that George Pell is finally one for the what's the what's the right expression that I'm looking for? Uh, he is medically stable. He is uh, uh, he is as his IQ room temperature. He is no more. He's doing more good feeding the ground than he ever did before. I think that might be one of the nicest things that we're going to say about him. Yep. Well, it's kind of like talking about Hitler. I mean, the nicest thing that Hitler ever did was kill Hitler. Yep. Yep. There is uh, there is exactly that. And, and I love the people who argue with me and are like, well, if it wasn't for Hitler, they would have never had to kill Hitler. <laughs> that is also simultaneously a problem. Food is also a good descriptor. I'm sorry? Worm food. Assuming that he doesn't get. Wait a minute. I don't don't know if he gets embalmed or not. I don't know. Well, that's part of it, but I'm also wondering. um, You know what? It's been so long. I don't remember if, like, quote unquote, true blue dyed in the wool Roman Catholics, like, Heavy duty Roman Catholics. I don't remember if uh if um if getting your uh your body cremated was like a bad thing. I just thought about it because uh with my wife she wanted to be cremated, so Well, she wasn't exactly the, the most Well, she couldn't have been. Which is one of those things that we can come down on George Pell for. Amongst the other wonderful things that George Pell had to say about people is that women folk weren't supposed to be part of the Catholic diocese in positions of authority because that would disrupt everything and that would be wrong. I believe the expression that he used was that it would um I'm I'm probably paraphrasing but only just slightly so that it would disrupt the I for, I, I forget how he how he put it, the the biblical constitution I think was the expression that he used so you know um he is one of those people that can just um just FO as far as I'm concerned for those of you that don't know what I meant by that, I mean he could just fuck off. Figured I'd make sure everybody was on on page on. I'm glad he's gone. Personally speaking, um, for those of you that, for whatever reason, you know George Pell, the name George Pell doesn't necessarily give you uh, any reaction. George Pell was, amongst other things, a cardinal, in the Australia way. And uh, he was investigated for, prosecuted for, uh, and convicted for. Um, and those are the key words, by the way. Yeah, prosecuted and convicted. Okay, or, th- yeah. these are not these are not just allegations. Yep. Um, and um, I, I think the nicest way of putting it is some um, kitty diddling. That's a that's a, a very nice nice euphemism for it uh because it 
goes a little bit beyond his own because apparently he knew stuff even in the 70s because he was uh i forget what year it was but in the late 60s he started his tenure through the catholic church so in the in the 70s you know he knew stuff of what was going on down there australia way and basically didn't do anything about it and uh, the reason why we know about that is because with all of the investigations and discovery years decades later oh geez look at that um this paper trail that you got here this is um i believe the expression is uh damning evidence you mm-hmm. mr pell you you know all about that expression don't you well done for you. So, he was brought up on charges. He was uh, convicted. And through an appeals process, had his conviction quashed. Not for lack of evidence. Not for improper management of prosecute- prosecutorial procedure. But for, I'm not quite sure the right terminology for it, but you know how the old expression is, cross all of your T's, dot all of your I's? Well, mm-hmm. apparently they made an argument that had to go all the way to the top, tippy-top courts there in Australia. And um, they pointed out, hey, um, they didn't do this in, in this procedural thing and and because of that, uh, there is sufficient doubt for conviction, and by such, we think that it should be just um, vacated. And because they weren't looking for the deepest of procedural stuff, his conviction was quashed. Not on the merits of the case, but on the procedures that went along with trying to do it. Few that there were that they used. Now, I'm one of those people who very firmly believes that if your conviction happened and your argument is not with the court procedure itself, i.e. you didn't argue in court that something was wrong procedurally before, if you didn't argue that there was a problem with um, the discovery of evidence, the investigation itself, and you want to do this end run, sideways run, in order to get a conviction like that uh, killed because you couldn't argue on the merits of the case, I don't have any I don't have any reason to believe that a person was not if not legally guilty I believe the expression is morally guilty which is admittedly no way to judge someone but um you know what they say about judging people I mean Catholics think that a whole bunch of other people go to hell anyway, so you know what? We can judge them all we want, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm very happy that he is um, long gone from this world. Thank you very kindly. And yes, I am, uh, well, 
I'm drinking bubbly apple cider because I mean I've got it in the house, so I might as well celebrate with something. I don't want to waste, you know, good wine on his memory for sure. I'm not actually drinking to this. Uh, for the simple reason being that I'm not celebrating it. I mean, yeah, he's gone. But the damage he did, oh, yeah. so much of it's permanent. Oh yeah, So much of it can never be undone. I mean, I it's just like if, if I got a, a notification on my phone that Mitch McConnell kicked the bucket, you know, died in his sleep, whatever. I don't care. However it happens, it happens. I'll go to bed. I'll get peaceful sleep. You know, I, I lost more sleep over Christopher Hitchens' death than I would uh, almost any politician in office today. Um, and mind you, I'm talking about natural causes, not not assassinations or anything like that. Okay? Exactly so. Yeah. So, and I'm not operating from a footprint of, oh, hey, this person died. God must have willed it. It's like, no, I don't think that. I know for, I, I understand that, you know, uh, Presley's daughter died because she had a heart condition, you know, possibly and genetic. It, it's possibly genetic, but you know, it's too late f for a lot of that. Anyway, uh, the point is, is that people die all the time. Some die early, some die late. Um, and death or not, did, did a lot of harm, did an extraordinary amount of harm. This is not, oh, they convinced somebody else to pray for a different god, and when they died, they went to hell kind of thing. This is actually, you know, molested, accosted, whatever phrasing you want to use, hurt people, children, of all things. People are on their uh, on their phones and their computers, and they're out in the streets saying, oh, you know, if a children's read a story by a drag queen, that person's a pedophile. And yet, here's a man who was literally found guilty of it, and people are like, oh, no, forgive him, forgive him, it's okay. And, and this is not a one-shot, okay? We got some asshole priest, pastor, whatever the hell it was, out in, uh, somebody posted it in the, uh, Shades form, uh, contentious. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I can't pull it up right now, otherwise I'll screw stuff up, but yeah. Oh, wait, no, I found it. Okay, so, um, this was on, uh, CBS News, and, um, it was updated, uh, in fact, was actually updated just the other day, just a couple days ago. But there was a retired priest that was sentenced to five years in prison after it was discovered that he made slideshow. Mind you, this isn't a guy who got caught with child pornography. He made slideshow presentations containing thousands of images of children child pornography. Okay, guy seventy two year old, seventy two years old, right? How did he get caught? He had taken nude pictures of himself and printed them out on the church printer, and he had left them there by accident. Investigation overturned over 6,000 pictures of child sex abuse material on his computer, right? And, um, but yeah, he made two PowerPoint presentations, uh, slideshow, video effects, uh, and then he had another computer with even more images and stuff on it. Um, and so he went to 
court, found guilty and all that. Um, he made a guilty plea agreement, right? Um, now, here's the part that really gets me. The congregation. The congregation has begged the court, pleaded with the court. Um, to not lock this guy up. That instead, he should be basically under home arrest from a home that's not around any children, you know, not in the vicinity of any school districts or anything like that, and that it will be up to the congregation to help um, keep him on the straight and narrow. And that the congregation will pay for everything. And part of what was said in that pleading also to make sure that everybody gets the, the full on this one was from his supervisor. I, I'm not using the right term, but whoever it is, it's like a, a level up in the hierarchy in the diocese uh, to basically say, look, if he had gotten the assistance, because he's obviously a troubled personality, I'm paraphrasing a little, if he'd gotten the help earlier in, in his life, I, I can almost guarantee he wouldn't have turned out this way, and we feel bad about this, that it was our failing that we didn't help him early enough, so we would like the opportunity to go ahead and help him. Thank you very kindly. We would really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, um... Bridget, you've been, uh, you haven't had the opportunity of chiming in on this one. Did you know about this particular story? And or um, how much of an F.U. do you want to uh, say at this point? Well, he could have a big one, but no, I did not know about this. It's not the first time we've heard well, about this kind my, of thing. Mind you, the, the, the child abuse picture stuff, that's not Pell. No, um, no this is somebody, was some other, he was somebody yeah. else entirely. We we've got the link, the name of the person, and all that shit's in there. Uh, we are not going to, you know, say that this is true and not provide some evidence. Yeah, we'll have the we'll have the news article in the uh, in the notes for everybody to look over themselves. But yeah, this is not nearly the first time that we've heard of exactly this kind of thing happening. This this is normal for them. This is so stupidly normal. Oh, our priest, our rabbi, our whatever got caught sexually assaulting a child. Boy, girl, both, doesn't matter. And somehow, oh, they need to be forgiven because that's the right thing to do. But this person over here, this straight person over here who just thought it would be fun to get dressed up in women's clothing while they read a book, that person's a predator. That person has to be put to stone to death because they're not like me. See, I'm normal. And if I do wrong, you should forgive me. But anybody else does wrong, the hell with them. Literally. As the years go by, I become less of an atheist and more of an anti-theist. Well, actually, I shouldn't say I'm less of an atheist. I'm still an atheist, no matter what. Because, well, I shouldn't say no matter what, because if somebody ever provides concrete um, 
empirical evidence that God exists of, I don't know which God, but a God, right? That will force me to change my, uh, my mental thought processes and stop being an atheist. But that has never happened in the history of humanity. So <laughs> I, I don't foresee myself stopping being an atheist anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, the closest, On the other hand, uh, yeah, I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the closest we can come to this one uh, that I can think of would be, um, uh, first one would be, um, there are horses that are born with birth defects, sometimes additional legs. So Loki exists. Um, there are swans and rape. So Zeus exists. Uh, there's water and very, very unhappy uh, people. So Pluto exists. You know what? I'm making I'm making a much better uh, calling for the uh, the Greek and the Roman gods. Um, that's that's scary, actually. Come to think of it. Yeah. So, but the point is, is that mm. as I get older, I, I become more anti-theistic. Um, literally wanting to see religions go away. Yeah, desiring um, religions to go away because. They just keep hurting people. They, the, 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 the people who know how to use anything to their advantage find that religion is one of the easiest tools to use. People are gullible. People are stupid, especially in big groups, right? It is easier to fool a congregation of people than it is to fool one person. Because you have the group think, you have that mob mentality, and that is reinforcement for the ones who are easy to be fooled, and then for the ones who are less easy to be fooled, due to peer pressure and social acceptance, they tend to be more inclined to go along with it. The whole fake it till you make it thing. And you can actually make yourself delusional doing the whole fake it till you make it shit. I found the quote because I wanted to make sure that I got it right. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Men in black. Agent K. Called it absolutely correctly. Well, I didn't have that in mind when I was saying it, but. But it's right. That does. It applies because it's true. In fact, um. One of, oh God, I forget who it was. They had even won an award. Um, there was an old 1950s short story, uh, by a famous science fiction author. It was in one of those collections that had won like an award or something. Um, you know, one of the Nebula Awards or whatever. I can't remember. It's so long. I read it as a kid. Um, but aliens had come to planet Earth and they had almost started a war. They had almost started riots all over the world, wars and everything else. And that was because um, their mentality, their psychology of the aliens was the inverse of ours. You could fool a single individual. You could, you could, uh, uh, um, their equivalent of a psychologist could literally make somebody cry. But when you were in a group, the resiliency of the group mind against mental tactics hold firm, right? And so when they came to visit Earth, things went. Really screwy. 
In fact, it was a, a successful short story that they wrote a sequel short story to it, uh, where the psychologist and his wife were. <laughs> she was pulling uh, essentially alien psychology 101 on the guy driving him nuts. <laughs> and he figured that out by talking with a human. Fair enough. So, so yeah, I mean, um, we have this thing. We are. People think that because we live in a civilization, that we are civilized. We are not animals. It's like, no, no, we are animals. Refusing to acknowledge that we are animals is not civilized. Refusing to acknowledge that when we're in a group of people, we have a mob mentality is not civilized. Civilized means that we acknowledge our faults and our failures, and we work better to improve them, that we have the agreed rules, and that we uphold them. Right now, I am so jaded because our civilization is not upholding our rules. How many politicians have gotten away with uh, rape? How many politicians have gotten away with um, money uh, scams, laundering, whatever the hell it is that they've been breaking the rules on with the stock market and exchange and things like that? Forget the bankers. I'm just talking to politicians right now. Okay, How many of the priests and the rabbis and the pastors and, and the imams and all of them been diddling kids and not being brought up on charges or being brought up on charges, given a slap on the wrist and allowing them to walk away because they're of the cloth. Okay. We are not upholding our promises that we wrote down on paper as a civilization. We are not civilized and people are afraid to admit it. Yeah. This piece that uh, Stephanie typed a little while ago, that's kind of on point on this one uh, saying, and this is why it's taking so long to arrest Trump. The DOJ wants to make very sure that he cannot escape because of an obscure technicality. Spot on. Frustrating as all hell. Don't get me wrong. And don't even get me rolling down that particular avenue, but spot on. I would much rather have, I would much rather have it stick correctly than to have any wiggle room whatsoever. And reminding you, I know a little something about wiggle room, believe it or not. When you go fishing, and one of the main fish that you keep picking up are eels. If you've never tried to hold an eel while you try to get a hook out of its face, <clears> trust <throat> me, there's only two ways to do it. One, Considering that I have uh, three people in my family that love smoked eel, the eel's not getting away anytime soon. That's fine, but if that's not what you want, there's only two proper ways to get the eel so that you can get the hook out of its face. One is to wear gloves that are specially made so that they have a grippy thing, because eels will exude a, not exactly mucus-like, but definitely a slime a little bit. Not a lot, not like hagfish, just a little bit. Or two, do what my grandfather used to do. Hit it with a rock. No, he would hit it with, like, the entire rock. As in, he would flip it around, just like, okay, here we go. One, two, three, thwack, straight down onto the ground. Until it stopped moving long enough for him to get it out and then throw it back into the water. Oh, so he stunned it. Yeah. Very, now, very see, stunned. On, see, see, me, on the other hand, I would be taking that home for eating. So I would just take out my big ass knife, and the head would go bye bye. Yeah, well, see, that's 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 the difference because that that wasn't what we we're going for. Uh, Felix had said, by the way, religion will never go away. 
it's too much of a political tool and people are gullible enough to blindly follow religion than they will politics. That is the definition of someone who is a tool who would actually utilize such an underhanded system. But that's, again, that's just me. What do I know? It's just an angry boy over here. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, you ever see the movie, I believe it was either called Eli or the Book of Eli. It was one of the two. Uh, Eli. It was uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, in the, or wait, no, no, that's the wrong Eli. Damn it. Um, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't believe that I've seen it. I think it's actually called Book of Eli. Book of Eli. In any case. So yes. anyway, yes. It's the apocalyptic. Yes, it's Book of Eli. It came out in 2010. Um, The actors and actresses were fantastic, okay, especially Gary Oldman. Um, But the whole idea, the whole concept is that it's a post-apocalyptic world. It's 30 years after the big-ass war that turned the world into a wasteland. And what caused it? Arguing over religion. So what is the premise of the movie? One guy's got a Bible, the last remaining Bible in the world. And he's carrying it across to the people because he heard the word of God. You know, it, it, it's it, it's it's horribly atrocious when you think about it. Um, the the, the, the it, ideally, if you wanted the movie to have a good ending, the book never would have made it. The book would have been destroyed because if the world had essentially destroyed itself into a post-apocalyptic future over religion, then. That book should have never been allowed to survive. The one man who was preserving it because it was God's will. All that. No, if you wanted a happy ending, that book would have never made it. That's fair. Instead, they made it look all great and all that because they know their audience is going to pay the money to see that stuff. And everything else is great. You're reinforcing a bad narrative again. You know, from the description, I do believe that I remember having seen, not watched the movie, but seen like advertisements for it. So. Now, here's the Wikipedia entry for it. You found it? Yeah. All right. uh, spoilers Denzel Washington's character is actually blind. So the idea of a blind man with the Bible, you know. Yeah, it, it it takes. There are so many tropes in that movie. Makes me wonder if um, uh, Noah and Heath ever did their um, god awful movies with the Book of Eli. Because you know, here, here's the thing: if you ignore the religious part of it, if you ignore the tropes and such, the actions, the setup, and everything else was actually really well done. This was not poorly made movie. This was not a, a, a poorly thrown together cast. And it was very well acted. Unlike Kevin Sorbo, you bastard. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just, uh, no. I'm sorry, but if this world goes to war over a religion, you know, that tells you maybe it's time for it to go. And guess what? Guess what What we're seeing? Because it never stopped. Yeah. 
People fight over the need for water. People fight over the need for food. We don't need fighting over religion topped on top of that, okay? Because then you have people who have food and water, who are neighbors with people who also have food and water, fighting over whose God is more real. I'm sorry. Uh, No problem. It's it's the timing that I try to keep so that, you know, I don't step over somebody because... I, I don't I don't have a lot of caffeine in my system, so my pauses are irregular. I apologize. No, no that's it it just falls right into the right into the thing. Um the the bright side that I can say to this whole damn thing is and uh, I I know for well that Bridget's gonna appreciate this and is gonna agree with me because I want you into this. The numbers keep showing us that year after year after year the number of people who have stayed in religions is been on decline for a good f- I'm, I'm gonna say 40 oh, wow. years mm-hmm. it's picking up especially with my uh, son's generation um, oh. I've noticed that a lot of them that aren't forced into home learning environments by the religious uh, families or um, you know, excluding certain scenarios like that. I've noticed that a lot of the young ones are they're very politically aware, not necessarily active, aware. Okay? Like my son, he wants nothing to do with politics, but he follows the politics. Mm -hmm. He watches what's going on. So does his girlfriend. So do a lot of the classmates. uh, And a lot of them when they talk, they talk in their abbreviated form of conversation. The emojis and the emoticons and the Instagram pictures and and the forms that make us seem long-winded because we are in comparison. And um, they're watching all this. They're making plans. They're figuring out what to do, what needs to be done. Because, I mean... When you look at somebody making minimum wage now, not being able to afford a, a Whopper or a Big Mac, but you go you go back to the nineteen I don't know nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, and you could work one hour and afford multiple Whoppers and multiple Big Macs. Okay, there's something wrong there. Yep. Okay, there, there's something horribly wrong when your cost of living. Uh, Inflation has increased to the point of where you have to work plus a hundred percent of your time just so that you can afford a one bedroom apartment when before it was only like twenty five percent of your time to work to afford a one bedroom apartment. They know something's wrong, even if they didn't live that past, they can see the history they can see how others lived. They can talk to us, the parents, and find out what it was like. And they are, and they're listening. They're not dismissive. They're paying attention. Yeah, sideways to that, by the way. Stephanie, this works out perfectly because we got somebody on the panel that knows a little something about this. Stephanie said, even a lot of those who are forced into home education get out into the world and drop the rubbish they have been taught. Because you don't have much of a choice. Right, hun? 
Yep. I had a friend when I was going to co- the first college that I ever attended. There was a gentleman in the class who was very outgoing, very smiley, and very awkward. Turned out he was homeschooled. And after meeting his parents for the first time, uh, no, it wasn't a date. We were just doing uh, the computer project together. And this is back when your compiler came with a book that was about three inches thick. So we were still trying to learn how to use some stuff. And we were putting our heads together at his place because he had more, he had a bigger house. <laughs> I got the same kind of manual for uh, Delphi back over here. I haven't read a, haven't read a single yeah. page. But. but I was his first outside friend. Out, by outside, meaning not in his church. And um, a shocker of all things, he had no female friends, by the way, outside of the church. And um, at one point, his dad had mentioned something. And that brought up book conversations. And we started talking about authors. And I had mentioned Isaac Asimov. And I was promptly asked to leave. Mm-hmm. I'll ask why. Uh, <laughs> or did we ever find out? What do you mean? So, the next time I went to class at, at college, he told me that his parents has told him that he's supposed to stay away from me because I read authors who are. You know, um, they're very anti-God. Um, understand that, you know, Isaac Asimov was actually the president of the American Humanists. Okay. Um, he's written a lot of non-scientific uh, non, uh, and non-scientific topics. He doesn't, he didn't just write science fiction. Okay. He was into chemistry, astronomy, uh, mathematics, history, um, and so on. Okay, the guy was heavily, heavily uh, educated, and he also, uh, you know, he was a he- atheist. He was a humanist, and he was a rationalist. And you ask anybody in a religion. Um, and he didn't have a problem, you know, going up against superstitious or pseudoscientific beliefs. Um, I mean, heck, <laughs> his mother was a Jew. So, I mean, it was not like this guy was brought up in an atheist home. Okay. He was brought up in Orthodox Orthodox Jewish environment. And um, he, uh, I, I, I enjoyed a lot of his scientific stuff and his math papers. And so because I liked Isaac Asimov, I was a bad influence. So yeah, um, we ended up secretly staying friends. Because he liked somebody who talked about something 
other than church, other than the Bible. Um, at that point, I wasn't, um, I wasn't an atheist. I was actually part of a Christian youth, uh, Christian youth group. Well, uh, I had been part of it. Going to college, I was no longer part of that group anymore. And I was considering joining the college level group. But I had so much on my plate, and then one of my family members had, um, for a few years had taken a turn for the worse and I didn't have a lot of time for that shit. <clears throat> That's fair enough. But yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it just, <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's he, by the time he and I finished two years together, we had gone to the pool hall together. We had gone bowling we had become decent friends. Um, he tried smoking because I was a smoker at the time. He really wanted to try it. And he found out that he did not like it. And I never, ever pushed it on him. Don't like it. Don't do it. You know? so, and um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to remember one of our last conversations we had actually brought up religion. And he was not happy with all the religion in his life. And I said, why don't you take a break, man? Focus on you. His, apparently his parents had figured out that we were still together and they stopped helping pay for college. So let's, let's kind of take this and, uh, and run with it because arguably one of the best things that can come out of the main story itself with George Pell is that there's a lot of information that came out. Now, we know full well there have been uh, a number of prosecutions that have happened in various different uh, Catholic dioceses. And I'm not saying that this is a Catholic Church problem exclusively, but it is most assuredly uh, a Catholic Church problem. There's been discovery for a lot of documents between Australia, um, Boston, and the, oh God, I forgot what the hell they were called. Those, um, those church operated quote unquote schools along the, uh, along Canada and just slightly into the U.S. where last year there were um, mass graves that were found on the grounds of these places. Actually, I should, uh, I should, I should go looking for an update on that story. I haven't heard hiding your hair on that in a long time, and I should really go look it up on that. The, so what I was saying is that we at least do have a lot more information, and that is one of the most important things we have argued so many times that education is one of the most important pieces that we can give to people because if you if you don't learn higher rationalizations you are then at the whim of whatever your base instinctual desires and explanations of the world are 
which means, you know, you will see things in the grass that aren't there because we pattern match stuff. Uh, you could, uh, I mean, if you use those shortcomings in education, you can you can make people do whatever the hell it is you want them to do just by duping them. So, with the fact that we have more and more and more evidence, admittedly too much evidence and not enough prosecution going on, I can get behind that argument, but there's more and more information. And as that information leaks down to the less set-in-their-way minds, i.e. the younger groups who are more attentive, who have more access to information, you know, the the want to be part of organizations like that dwindles off. And that's exactly what we've been seeing. People get set in their ways, man. They, they don't want to leave the church after 60, 70 years of their lives. Because, you know, what did I do? Did I waste my entire life on this? When the short answer is yes, people can think that you're being a dick about it. When you're not, you're just being accurate. And these kids don't want to spend their lives with, well, a lie. Um, you know, we, there's, there are these things where, uh, people have put together these memes about, you know, we, we always thought that the dissemination of knowledge to everyone in the world at the click of a button, uh, access to knowledge would be the turning point for the, uh, for the species as a whole. And we suddenly find out, no, it had nothing to do with access to information at all. Well, you're not wrong, but you're not exactly right. Because the inertia of society, you know, some of that inertia kind of bleeds off as the older and older, more state-in-their-ways generations um evaporate from the uh, marketplace of ideas. Am I using a, a good enough reference? Am I making a good enough uh, euphemism here? People get the yeah, idea of what I'm talking They're 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 no longer alive. Which means they can't influence. They can't force compliance. Because, you know, <laughs> they just can't. And the information, the what once upon a time ago used to be called the information superhighway, which we can actually properly call it right now, with actual like proper information, news, facts, reporting. The kids get it. The kids are getting it. It's getting to them. Whether you want to whether you want to try to keep it away from them or not. The kids are the ones where digital dog cow would say that's your cue. Oh, 
God, you're doing this to me at like one o'clock in the morning? Yes, because this is how you earn your keep. All is known. The kids are for the kids are looting it. The kids are fighting up. Now kind of going back because I keep trying to get you in on this. You're making this really hard on me, you bitch. Uh hey, me. When I know I'm not all here, I'm tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying. If only we had a morning show. Then you could really hear me snore. Ugh. Don't force the issue, man. Hurt you. You saw what I did with those horrible scopes, man. I can hurt you. Don't do this. Don't make me that guy. Uh, challenge accepted. Uh, school is not a good idea. OBS. OBS tanked on me there for a couple of seconds. Sorry, folks. I would that actually say slightly differently. In that homeschooling in its current iteration and homeschooling by itself is not good because of the lack of the social interactions, things like that. And let's not start about masking and social distancing and all that other crap. That's a different conversation. The problem with the homeschooling environment right now is that there is a movement that's been ongoing that targets religious families to who are homeschooling to get around certain standardization of the education to cater to their religious beliefs so that they could admit certain and uh, certain groups out there are using this to also help influence what side of the political spectrum that those kids come out on. And it's really sick because the kids aren't being given a chance to make their own decisions. It's being shoved down their damn throats. They have no safe space. See, a true school, a true publicly funded school, which is secular, is a true safe space for all children. Because the way it's supposed to work is, here's the knowledge and facts that we have as a society, as a species, that we have proven past a hypothesis into the theory, which means factual. Not a layman's theory, but a scientific. Philosophy is philosophy, math is math, and so on and so on and so on. English is messy. Okay. Yeah, many languages are messy. Uh, but the point is, is that now that they have this stuff, then they can ha start having arguments with each other. They can start seeing different viewpoints. They can start experiencing different things, all within the safety of the school. Away from the people that says, no, you can't learn that because it's against our religion. Or no, you can't learn that because we want you to be this political uh, side of the spectrum. But you're taking that away from the children. You're trying to. You know who you are. You who know who you are probably aren't even listening. But, but it's really, really sad. It's 
It's really bad. It's getting worse. And yeah, I'd like to see the homeschooling standards be strictly the same thing as the public school standards with no variation. That's that's fair. Because there are other countries right now where they have standardized their information and they require everybody teach it the same. And everybody's working with the same set of facts at that point. Granted, some groups out there, some societies out there, some governments out there are not teaching just the facts. But you can be certain that you can go to any people that have grown up there and get about the same answer as the next. So again, the uh, the information about what's been going on isn't something that would be told in school per se, but there are the possibilities of getting into into public school classes that would get you into that. Dealing with history, for instance, comparative religion at least having uh, the ability of reading through uh, in an English course, understanding and dissecting a student's choice of something that was in, I don't know if they can even do it this way anymore, a newspaper. God, the hell was the last time anybody actually properly picked up a Newsday? It's still sold. It's just it seems so anachronistic, though. But the students can find out about this stuff, and they are they are retaining these pieces because it's becoming relevant to them. It's becoming salient to them. So situations like this with George Pell, with uh, the diocese in, in Boston, with these schooling groups, with uh, oh God, somebody remind was it. Was it Ireland or Scotland where there were, um, where there were, uh, wells where, like, infants, or newborns were just thrown down a well to, to collect and die? I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, I may be messing up a, a couple of things in my head right now. Um, I know there was, uh, let's see, I know there was one lady that was uh, in the Victorian age, was known for strangling babies and then hiding it and all that other shit. Um, There have been cases where they've dug up, they found um, an improvised grave where babies were thrown in just because they weren't wanted and they were done at um, what do they call those? Damn it, they had uh, nuns and shit there. Um, I was thinking it was like an orphanage or something like that. Essentially. Yeah. 
Man, we're gonna have to find that stuff because I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. See, this is this is see this is one of the reasons why I missed that. Why the fuck did that bitch decide that now was a good time to go ahead and die without letting us know? You know all the tabs that she had open on all how many different how many different web browsers did she have open at any one time? What was it three four? More than that. <laughs> and she had a document that had all the you know. Uh, um, yeah, there was a mass grave. Of ba- uh, you're talking about recent, not just in history. Um, well, the excavation recent was recent, I should say. Yeah. Um, and that was something like in, uh, what was it, 20, 2016 or something like that? That uh, that was rediscovered, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so they, they, they did an excavation of a site uh, of a home for unmarried mothers and their children. And they supposedly uncovered a whole bunch of human remains. Yeah. Baby so, remains. And it was Ireland. Oh, it was Ireland. Okay. I found the, I found the link. Okay. I appreciate that. In fact, there's, uh, there's two of them. There's the Guardian and there's the BBC. I'd probably use the BBC one first. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure. Well, I'll, I'll make sure that they're both there. I mean, the BB is hard well, to Well, no, the, the reason why I say BBC is not because of their biases but because they tend to put in a lot more detail yeah 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 so like i said these these events have been stacking up for the younger generation it's more salient for them because as we know full well you know the younger we are the more news stuff that we pay attention to is like really important because it is eaten up a very large relative amount of our lives as you know you're 10 years old and you find out something that's been happening for like the last you know five years well it's half your life that's a significant time in your history i mean versus you know you get up like us into the 50s and suddenly you know there's less impetus to move things along I'm not saying that we're all guilty of that. It's just that, statistically speaking, the inertia isn't quite uh, the the inertia as you get older settles in a little bit more. Versus the youngsters who have been clamoring for things to change, for things to get done, for people to be held to the fire because they need to be. Because that's what they're supposed to have happen. And when they see, well, crap, they're not going to do it. Fine. Let us do it. Get the hell out of the way. Personally, I got no problem with that. And I very much, uh, I very much like the idea that as much as I don't like what this person did or others of his ilk did. The fact that they kept a paper trail. I, I, I hate to put it this way, but my God. How absolutely insipid you people are. When my wife was alive in business, she told me one of the most important things you could ever do is document, document, document. You keep a paper trail of every damn thing. Again, going back to what I opened with, you know, 
kind of learned that after the fact. But man, when there is a paper trail to follow through on everything, it's good. It's good because that means that uh, we can just uh, corroborate all the people that had been making accusations for, you know, decades. So, like I said, you know, this guy does not go to the grave an innocent. He he wiggled out of the noose. Might be the nicest way of putting it. He found a chink in the armor. That doesn't change the fact that he did what he did, and it was proven that he did what he did. But he found a way of having that scrubbed. So he's one of them that we can uh, we can say we're happy is gone. Rat bastard is gone. He's gone. And, you know, we don't believe in karma exactly. But there is something to be said for it could have easily happened to a nicer guy. I, for one, am just... I, for one, am sorry to see that he was able to get representation enough to get his name legally cleared. After he went ahead and said, oh, I can't fly to, oh, God, who was it that was trying to extradite him? They were trying to get him to, they were get. Uh, I think they were trying to get him to the U.S.? At one point, uh, some years ago, they were trying to get him extradited to a different country, and he went ahead and said, oh, well, uh, I, I'm too weak and infirm to take a international uh, air flight. Don't have anybody that be able to care for me if anything should happen at, you know, 35,000 feet. And meanwhile, there's a bunch of people who are just like, I'll put up the money for a, a doctor. I'm a licensed physician. I'll be on the flight for you. Tell me when, tell me where. We'll get you out there. And used whatever legal trickery he could to just stay in his home country and not be extradited somewhere else. The bastard. Stephanie, I'm I'm also on board. I almost wish I believed in the afterlife. There'd be a special place in hell for him and his kind. True that. True that. How, how, you know, how, if, if these people are so invested in this religion that says that the guilty will be punished forever, how in any conscience whatsoever can they go through their time with this organization, knowing what they know and not be trying to change things and do for the, for the good? Because the ones who truly believe it believe that they can be forgiven any sin, and the ones who don't believe it know that they can just manipulate things to get what they want. Man, that is a long, long game, though. Being the ones who are um, knowing that it's just crap 
and being in it for literal decades. Just think of it this way. You know, according to many religions, if you seek absolution, you are granted it. So, by that logic, a man who's, or a woman, who has sexually molested hundreds of kids in their lifetime is going to the electric chair, right? And they ask for ops, uh, absolution. And there's a priest, rabbi, whatever the religion is that offers it. And it's granted to them before they go and get zapped. They're in heaven, or whatever their heaven is for their religion. Meanwhile, some random kid who has never heard of that religion is trips walking down the sidewalk. They trip into oncoming traffic. Bam, they're hit by a car. Because they didn't know that religion, because they were ignorant of it, and because they never sought absolution for the crimes committed by their parents and their uh, and their ancestors and everything else, that kid's now in that religion's hell. That's what the religions tell us. Many of them. Not all, but most of them. Oh, and the worst part is, is you'll get the like on the Christian side, the apologetics will say, oh, you know, the child's in, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, wait a minute, hold on. We have this list of professional clergymen and clergywomen of your religious beliefs who say that if the person is not seeking, does not seek that acceptance of that religion, then they're not allowed to go into heaven. So no matter what you say in your apologetics, that kid's in hell. Or the equivalent. Have a nice day. Hope you can live with that. Yeah, I remember. Can, because they do the mental gymnastics and ignore all the other crap. Yeah, I, re- I remember hearing that um, that uh, failed pregnancies. That's a that's a very large term. And I'm, I'm trying to be as respectful as I can on this one. Quote, unquote, failed pregnancies. Um, they they were still granted a soul, and then the soul gets returned back. And according to Roman Catholicism at the time, and I'm thinking back to like the uh, the seventies, those souls go to this relatively recent creation that was written up called Purgatory. It's not heaven, because they didn't earn their way into heaven yet, and it's not hell, because they didn't earn their way into hell yet, but the the souls of the children of the unborn simply go there so that they can be judged by growing up as a spirit that... Uh, yeah, the mental gymnastics of that one is... Well, no, wait, wait. I, I I know how this is supposed to play out because I mean because they wrote about it and they, they they know how it's supposed to work out because well I guess uh, if you want you could pay the church to I mean tip the scales a little bit in the kid's name so I I, I guess that works out just fine that's where it works out. I wonder what it would happen if you were to tell them that uh, the kid's name was Martin Luther and, and see what they do about that at that point. 
I don't know. Picking on. Anyway. And yeah, Phyllis, they make it up as they go. It's exactly right. It's yeah, exactly right. That, that, that's why they now say when a kid dies, they don't say that the kid's in purgatory. Now they say, oh, God, that yeah. should have going to pop somebody in the face. Yeah. You know what? If, uh, if God wanted another soul, could have just, you know, said, hey, here's a new soul. Because, I mean, what, what, what does God have to do? Didn't have to snap his fingers. Just, just hey, according to your religion, it was just a word. And the word was, well, according to Captain Kirk, the word is go. So, I don't know. Too damn many things. Um, well, okay. Now, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna go with this one because, uh, it's, it's, Sailing to this one, which just goes to prove yet again, making it up as I go along. Stephanie said, "Sorry, I thought they believed that the soul enters the body with the first breath after birth." Well, yeah. Well, they used to, but then they decided that they had to attack abortion. It needed to have a reason to burn down and murder people who work at abortion clinics. And yeah, like I said. Uh, I remember back in the seventies because my aunt at one time when I was, uh, when I was staying with her in Brooklyn, she visited uh, a, a site for the unborn children. And as a kid, she kind of explained it to me. Now, I don't know if it was a matter that she had miscarriages herself, a, and, uh, or, if it was a matter that she was doing it to pray for the unborn because she was, uh, she was a nurse and she was going to eventually be, uh, very specifically a, a pediatrics nurse. So I could understand that, but explaining it to me that they go to purgatory because, well, the soul starts, but then, you know, it gets released. So got to do something with it because any opportunity to add more guilt onto a grieving wanted to be mother is just a wonderful way to do things. Bridget, I know that you're getting, uh, you're getting pretty run down and I'm, I'm, I'm going to see about wrapping this very shortly, but, uh, <laughs> Excuse me. From your experience, that whole religion is just gonna uh, just gonna hold on to you and, and add more guilt and grief onto uh, a miscarried pregnancy. You would know a little bit a little bit better than I. Um, from people talking and whatnot. Um, do you have anything to add on to that? Uh, a little bit of color to add. I mean, not really, because, I mean, I wasn't Catholic, and so we didn't have that kind of... It doesn't have to be, you know, doesn't have to be Catholic. I mean, you, you've got a, you've got a different... But, I mean, if you had a miscarriage, you know, with, like, my people, I mean, they didn't say, oh, the 
you know, fetus going to hell or anything like that. I mean, it just was one of those things. So it was, that concept wasn't there. Which is one of the few nicer things could potentially be said about that. Yeah, we didn't do christenings and stuff like that, you know, just wasn't a thing. I mean, that always confused me, is how could you baptize a, a kid who hadn't done anything wrong, you know? Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. And from my experience and upbringing, it was... Um, So you had that concept of original sin. We didn't. There was that. There was that. Um, I never thought of it in those terms. And I... The thing that kills me is that I I went through... um, religious education as uh, as a Catholic growing up, which is called catechism. Don't ask me to spell it, because honestly, truly, I've seen the word several times, and you know what? I don't, I don't care to try to remember how to spell it, because it's just, it's just stupid. But I, for some reason, I don't believe it was ever really imparted to me that baptism for an infant was for uh, original sin. I kind of always thought it was just a, um, well, I want to say it was a, a community celebration for bringing a new one into the world, which is kind of creepy. You think about it those ways. And then I'm suddenly thinking of the, the videos that we've seen of the Eastern Orthodox where they, they take the kid and, and, and hold him by the, by the ankles. Where's the money, Lebowski? <laughs> you know, head first into, into the water and, and dunk them upside down and turn them over. And just... Mm-hmm. I'm just really glad that my wife never had to, never had any kind of, um, any kind of familial or theological guilt fisted on her. She had enough on her own thinking that she made mistakes. And that's a whole that's a whole other thing. God, here I am. I want to try to keep on 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 the path of where the main is and I'm having a hard time not staying. That's because it touches everything. It does. Religion touches so much and it destroys so much that you can talk about one aspect of the harm it has caused, and that will daisy chain out into every other avenue of discussion of harm that it's caused. You're right. You're right. You're right, and it pisses me off to an extent that I cannot 
properly. I mean, here, think of this, right? Somebody, and it's in the picture on the BBC one. Remember, we were talking about the Tom babies uh, in Ireland, the government, uh, the the mass grave, eight hundred corpses or uh, yeah. remains or whatever. Um, somebody put out a in loving memory of those buried here, rest in peace. And I was like, really? It's religion that got them there in the first place, and you're using religion to wish them well. Oh, you know. Hey, our religious beliefs killed you. We hope you're doing okay in the afterlife. I'm sorry. You need to go back to school. You need to learn about hypocrisy. It's fair. You can't have it both ways. You can't go and kill someone and say, Oh, by the way, I hope you, you don't take offense to what we did to you. I can't. I can't argue. I can't argue. I know it's a little early, but um, I'm I'm actually a little dragged out myself, and I got no other way of wording it. I don't want to waste any more time on this son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. He's dead. I'm glad he's gone. I take no joy in it. I do, however, take satisfaction. Because nobody killed him other than just biological entropy. I believe the expression is, may whatever God he believes in take mercy on his soul because I wouldn't. And if it's just God, it wouldn't either. And again, if there was just God, it wouldn't have happened in the first place, right? Bridget, you've had the least amount of time on tonight. Is there anything that you want to close with? Because otherwise, I'm just I think I'm just done with this because even 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 this is leaving a bad taste in my mouth from this bastard. Yeah, I don't really have anything <laughs> which is not helpful, but it is what it is, you know. I say it every every you know, every time something like this happens, you know, we do this voluntarily. We come here because we want to. I keep doing it because I find something worthy out of it all. And and the guys join me because for the most part they do too. So we have relatively off night. You know what? For, approaching okay. approaching five hundred episodes at this point. You know what? It, per, not exactly approaching approaching. I mean, we still got a long time to go before we get there. You know what I mean. <laughs> Actually, where are we? Where are they? Oh my god! Even 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 this time next year, we still we still wouldn't have gotten to five hundred episodes. God damn it! <laughs> Maybe we should just do two episodes a week. That that that'll get our numbers up. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. 
Anyway, um, you know what? I think Stephanie's got the last word for the night. Think of all the victims dancing on his grave, metaphorically. If they were, I would hope that they would keep going and keep going and keep going until they had to stop to pee. And didn't. I'm just going to let that sit right there. It's early for us, but you know what? Screw it. I think it's not. I I, I don't think it's worth going on on this anymore. Screw this thing. Thank you for joining us, everybody. I would otherwise give you the normal uh, closing, but you know what? I'm not even going to bother because, you know, I thought that this was going to be a a topic I'd be able to get through with some level of, of dispassion. The more the night's gone on and, and the more these pieces have interwoven in my head. Nah, man. I'm... I'm I'm just done with him. Over in the over in the chat, guys, thank you. Felis, appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Stephanie, also have a, a good week ahead. Um good luck with the temperatures out there UK wise, because um you don't uh, I'm I'm just hoping that you don't end up getting an an Arctic blast like we did, because <sighs> that would suck. So you take care of yourself. Tech, thank you. As always, I hope you have a good week and um Yeah, maybe we'll have some uh, maybe we'll have some much better news to talk about for next week, hey? Yep. Maybe. <laughs> Any case, you take good care of yourself, man. Stay safe. Yeah, you guys too. Bridget, I know, I know, I know. You don't have very much energy left at this point. But um, you still got enough left over for one person to be told to drop dead, sort of, right? Well, I mean, it's always bank pence, of course. Well, but this is a collective one for all these people who are wanting Biden to be impeached over the documents scandal. Yeah, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. I- the way it's been explained that I've seen when somebody tried to say, okay, let me, let me, let me put these things into perspective. Somebody had pointed it out this way and, and, and tech, you can, you can have a little bit of, uh, a little bit of laugh at this one too. It's, it's the difference between you pulled over someone who was driving 10 miles over the speed limit because they lost track and, and didn't pay attention on a, on a, on a downgrade of roadway versus someone who you're still trying to pull over doing 120 in a school zone after shooting a cop after dealing meth to him. Now I got that image in my head. If your image, you come up with this? If I didn't, I didn't. Somebody else came up with this one. And the the sad part of it is, for me, the image in my head is definitely not a car 
speeding along. It's uh, it's a golf cart. Hmm. Is this Florida? Technically, it's a Florida man. Yeah. Oh my God. Because you know, talking about you know, the documents between you know. How the hell did they get a golf cart up to 120? I know that's not what I should be focusing on that, but the the engineer part of my brain is going, golf cart, 120 miles an hour. It's doable. I mean, mean, at the back end of a C4, 5, C5, C5, could happen. I mean, free fall over the ocean. Wonderful idea. Do with this later. We need to get out of here because I am, I am now starting to now starting to ramble, and this is a bad position for me to be in because I'm the one that's got the power for the big red button, and that's not a good place for me to be. So thanks for being with us. If you'd like to be in contact with us, take a swing over to the website holycrapthevlogcast.com. All our contact info is there, as well as the link for the audio version of the podcast. Phone number, if you'd like to drop us messages, 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. Please take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Uh, stay warm. Stay dry. Oh, and and real quick before we go, um, Bridget, um, finally bought uh, N95 masks at disposables at BJ for myself and the little one. Oh, good. Um, is there anything that people who are uh, bushied like myself should know about these things and wearing them if we have, you know, extra whiskers and such? Should we shave shorter? Yes, I would shave shorter because you need to get a good seal on that sucker. Fair enough. So people like myself, uh, Tech, and all of my uh, female relatives in Staten Island, please take notice. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ride out on Staten Island because I can, because I'm originally from Brooklyn. Seriously, you all take care of yourselves. And we will be back to talk with you again next week. So, till that point, as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And, my lady, too damn many years later, I am still in love with you. Matane Fuchin. Love you, miss you, dream of me. And until the next time we're together, everyone, as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, Thank you for listening.